city go to a large city and realize wow this is where all the pretty people were hiding <laughs> <laughs> i've gone from a my home city is a small city and i moved to a big city and uh depends on what you define as good looking people okay let me ask it a different way sure you ever go to another high school when you were in high school and said, oh, this is where all the pretty girls are. Mm, I don't think I've actually had that thought anytime. You never went to a different high school and was like, dang, the girls here are bad. I've gone to different cities and felt that way, yeah. But not like, I don't think I've gone to like high schools and felt like they were way more, they were way better looking than. Really? Mm-hmm. Man, I've been to different churches and I'd be like, oh, this is where, <laughs> this is where it was. They be praying real good over right. here. Uh, welcome to the metal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Man on the Internet Podcast. My name is Kermit Johnson. My Matt. name is Sue Neal. Right there, it's Neil. Sue Neal. I thought one time I asked you if it's Sunil or is it Sue Neal? I don't really know. Damn it. I'm really like it's kind of funny because when I think about how to pronounce my name, I really don't know. Cause I'm not the type that really cares. How's your mother say it? Sunil. Okay, it's Sunil. <laughs> uh Sam is building a Dutch Bros somewhere. Wow! And Sabalos, I miss Sam. He's he's missed out on a our, yeah. a lot of our episodes. Yes, he has a lot of uh, body pain. <laughs> no, he does. <laughs> oh, that's why he's been missing. It? Yeah, and then he's oh, like okay. all in school, and then gotcha. he's helping his girlfriend make his the movie. Everybody go watch the movie when it comes out. Uh, and Sabalos is at the border. Yeah, he needs to be there because it's getting crazy. Is it really? I heard that it was all they were blocking it up. They're supposed they're uh what's it called? Um projecting that two million immigrants come across the border this year illegally. I thought it was two years from last year to this year. No, no, that's how many are supposed to come in that projecting this year based off so of the trends. What about last year? I don't know the exact number from last year. I just know that this year that's the number that they're projecting. That is highly unsustainable. Yeah. Um, but that's not what we're here to talk about nah. today. We're talking about dating in 2021. Let's do it. Hey. 2021 okay. or 2022? Oh, shoot. You know, I keep forgetting what year we're in. <laughs> I honestly do. I, I don't know how to do. pronounce my name. You don't know what year it is. I keep forgetting what year it is. The fact that we are in the last stages of 2022 right. kind of blows my mind. And we're still calling it 2021. That's what's wild. Yeah. I mean, 2021 was a, a, a blur. It just like, pew. Yeah. I was so attractive in uh, three months of 2021. I don't I guess maybe I'm just stuck in that year. Um, but question for you. Is yeah. dating with all these dating resources, Tinder and Hinger and Bumbler and, and all these things, is it? Easier today than it was maybe when you were like twenty one. I hate this answer, but I'm gonna say yes and no. Mm, give it to me. So, a yes, I think that there's a lot more access to 
people that I'm gonna meet that I wouldn't have been able to meet. I did not expect that p word p that p p word. Okay, go ahead. Women. Okay. For me, it's women. But I thought you were gonna say more access to, p- and then I thought the power of the. Um, but no, there. Uh, I, I there's more access to women that I wouldn't have had access to previously, as far as at least introduction and start a conversation kind of thing, right? However, back in 2021, I think it was, or back when I was 21, it's easier to get to know people. Mm -hmm. On a deeper level. Deeper level on a more, uh, you know, more like organic level, Mm -hmm. I would say as well. Whereas uh, social media dating or dating apps and stuff like that, it's very like structured in a certain way, like because at the end of the day, everybody's there for the same reason. Like it's specifically a dating app, right? Mm, Whereas you, I'm meet, gonna disagree. With you. Well, quote unquote, supposed to be right. Oh, okay, what I'm saying, like whereas you could meet somebody out when you're 21 and just like kick it, be friends, all this kind of stuff, and then it could evolve to something, or you know, just things happen in a different route. I would say. Where it's harder, though, here, at least for me, and it could be age-wise, um, as I get older and dating, it's harder to find people who are uh, available emotionally or not like are like healthy enough to be in a relationship because I think people have gone through so much trauma or been in so many different relationships and trying to figure out, you know, who they need to be, what they're looking for, things like that. So I think that makes it more difficult. I don't know if that's the apps or if that's just my age um, or the city. That, that, <laughs> that does play a role. Right. Uh, dating in Los Angeles, New York, Miami, I can't imagine can is a simple thing because – it is a it's a dog eat dog world right. out here, and especially L A. where it's like status over substance a lot of times. That's true. That's why I really don't like attractive people. <laughs> well, you must hate me. Not just kidding. I don't have any mirrors, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I'm ugly. <laughs> Man. Um. So. Yes, and and it's actually kind of becoming kind of weird for me. So I remember in 2013, 14, 15, um, yes, my friends were in their early to mid-20s, right? And nobody's having babies, nobody's getting married. Um, the rest of the country was on that wave. Like, So let's say like my friends back at home in Florida were getting married, were mm-hmm. having kids at like 25, 26. They put the club days behind them. In L.A., that didn't quite happen. Mm-hmm. Now, though, the 30 to 38 range age group. Thanks for having me in there. Appreciate you. It's Yeah, it's there. It, it, it's there in L.A. because you're still – it's there in L.A., Miami, Austin, and New York because 40 years old – it's still, well, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to do with my life. Right. Because everything's so damn expensive. Expensive and aspirational. And you want so much. 
and it's extraordinarily difficult to get. So the only thing you have is time. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing you have. So can a 30 and a 40-year-old get along here in L.A.? Yes. In fact, they're probably on the same level because they both think, okay, in the next 10 years, this is what I want. I want to be, like, wildly successful, blah, 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 blah. Mm, I'd have to push back on that. You can. Yeah. But I also have a lot of, like, up to, let's call it, 45-year-old friends that I, that I can talk to, and they're not like, you're just a little boy. Well, I, friends and dating, I think, is different, though. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, – no, 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 no. Uh, um, I thought you meant – I thought we were talking about dating. Sorry. No, 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 no. Uh, I'm just kind of talking about, about culture. I'm going to bring it back. Okay. But I'm saying – the the culture makes dating difficult where somebody my age and a 40 year old can have a sim- have similar experiences with women right because the culture is aspirational expensive difficult and a, and a, and a wild journey and we sacrifice a lot to get there and parts of what we sacrifice is our romantic life. Mm. I actually think you and I could probably go on the same date with the same type of person. Mm-hmm. That would be an interesting, uh, what's it called, experiment. Right? Like, I'm 31. Mm-hmm. You're 38. Right. We could both date a 31 32 year old person mm-hmm. and go on the same type of date and probably have a similar conversation right where i think in other parts of the country that does not quite exist it's not the same thing possibly possibly um i do think that uh, i've noticed that just from speaking to you know women on these dating apps and, and things like that come like especially transplants that didn't grow up in LA oh. notice that it's a lot different in LA than dating in LA than it is, you know, other places. What makes it, what's so different? Hollywood. Like a lot of people are coming out here for the, to become famous, to become, you know, something other than what they are. And a, a lot of times that conditions people um, to, like I say, uh, go after status over substance, right? Break that down into more actionable items. So, for example, or whatever. What, um, like I, I don't think in, I don't think many people that maybe are dating in South Carolina are having women ask them, "Hey, can you pay for me to get my hair done before a first date?" But in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time where women are asking you to cash out their money, pay for their eyebrows, pay for their hair to get done so that they could look a certain way the first time you meet them. Okay, that's never happened to me. Okay. But I think you mentioned that before, yeah. right? And I, I've I've seen that <laughs> a lot. That's crazy. Yeah. I've <laughs> that's se- crazy. I, I've had multiple friends have similar situations. And I've had girls that I've talked to that have ha, that know of women that do that as well, that get on dating apps just to get free meals. Okay, I know that happens. Yeah, 
I done, I done made a lot of ladies fat. Yeah, so what I'm saying is I don't know if that's the same mentality as other states because, you know, when I go to the Midwest, it's a lot more of a genuine type person that you're meeting here, Mm -hmm. there. People know their neighbors. People know this. People know that. Whereas, like, in L.A., I probably, other than my, I don't know anything about my next-door neighbors, to be honest. Mm -hmm. They never knock on my door to ask anything. When I see them out, I try to talk to them, and they're just like, eh. You know, like, so. Is it because it's scary? It's scary out here? I don't know. I think it's just the culture where people just are very to themselves. It's, I, I I don't think giving detailed information about yourself is a big thing here. I think it's like you wanna you wanna be able to show just what you wanna show, right? You curate how how people know about you. You curate what people know about you out here. It's funny. I um, I have a friend who uh, got married for the second time. Okay. And I said, and and he lives in a small uh, rural community in a whole other southern state, and it made me think. Man, he got married two times before I could get in a relationship that lasts longer than three to six months. <laughs> and I said, how does that happen where I'm a situational situationship expert, but locking something into a real relationship becomes... Almost impossible. Depends. You did say he got married for the second time. Yeah. So everybody. First, I mean, we, we all know the first one. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think that is going to be your situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. that's why it's so hard for you to get into something because you have like a 22 step process that they have to. Pass. I, added, I added a couple. Steps. Yeah. So I'm just saying. I think you, your character, and what you're looking for because of stuff that's happened in your past as far as not just you but your family and all that kind of stuff i think you look at relationships in a different way and it's very meaningful for you so there's a high level of importance that you put in that i think some people that might not have the moral compass or the moral strength that you have are willing to forego just to say that they're in a relationship like i know a lot of people that are always in relationships but they cheat all the time that's not something that i would do so Mm. I'm not going to be in a relationship and then, you know, have like side pieces because I'm, I'm, I'm unfulfilled. Mm -hmm. I would rather take my time to find somebody that fulfills all of that or that I can at least like trust and communicate with in a way to fill in those holes rather than just like cheat or do something that would be beneath my moral, my morals. Why do you not have a 22 step process? I do. Actually, you've rubbed off quite a bit through this podcast on what I look for and stuff like that. My, But it took me more time to understand that that was important mm. because uh, my level of maturity was different or what I thought was important ended up not being important or I needed to work on myself to a certain point to be valuable enough to be in a healthy, successful relationship. Are you scared to be in a relationship? I'm scared to be in the wrong relationship. Mm-hmm. I'm scared to be in a relationship where either I or the other person gets bored. 
Bored. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had that thought. It's happened to me. I've been on both sides of that. That's why. Where you've been bored. And they've been bored. I've been perplexed. All right, we might be using different words to say the same thing, but no, I... no, 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 no. And I, I use that word perplexed because when you're bored, you stop thinking about the problem, mm-hmm. right? When, um, <laughs> when you when you're bored and you're just twiddling your thumbs, there the world is going on around you, right? You're just like enthralled in the fact that. I'm not a part of this. So I'm just I need to figure out where my what my entry point is to plug myself into something that catches my attention. Got you. I have been I have been pretty much at the point of anxiety almost as to what is not making sense here. I've never been bored, but I also have only Claimed <laughs> two two people have the title of say. exes, and okay. one of them statues of limitations. <laughs> so it's about to come up yeah. <laughs> at the end of this year. <laughs> I'm back to down to only one. Ex. <laughs> well, so when I say I I was bored, Kelby, it was like there was no problem. That I could oh. put my finger on to be like that we need to fix this and things will be all right. It just I was it just I was fizzled it. out like yeah. the relationship. Exactly. The spark. Yeah. Like it just didn't feel like connected anymore. And not because I could, she, she was doing something wrong or we weren't having fun together. I didn't enjoy spending time with her. All that kind of stuff. It was just that like it was just like whether she was there or not there it didn't matter. You ever think like what if I tried to fi- fix that yeah i desperate uh, many oper- many times i've desperately tried to but mm-hmm. I, if you can't figure out what the problem was how could you fix it well you just said that there was no problem exactly that's what oh, i'm trying so to say so you couldn't identify the problem i couldn't identify a problem to one. fix clearly or, or so here's the thing i don't know if it was a problem in the sense it depends on what your belief structure is. So I personally believe things happen for a reason. And I probably wasn't supposed to be with that person. Mm. But we were both good people. I didn't want to hurt her. She didn't want to hurt me. And at the end of the day, it just we like we were trying to force a square peg into a round hole. Eventually, it was not going to work out. And we just didn't realize it for whatever reason. And then it just ran its toll, I guess. What's great is that you didn't have a kid to try and fix it. Yeah, I wouldn't have a kid unless I was married. Relationships are so complex and they're so also very annoying because parts of me, I'm not saying I do this, okay? But parts of me wants to figure out how... (laughs) How to ruin it, ruin it before it happens, and then if it doesn't happen, it's like, oh, great. You want to put it through a, a 
a severe stress test. Something like that. Now, I've never done that before. Right, lies. But, but okay. No, no, no. I've, ne- I've never done that okay, before. Okay, sure. N- not consciously. <laughs> not consciously. Right. But. Not that you'd claim. No, if I did, I would claim it. Okay. Here, here's what I mean. Like, you know, people who say, I'm too honest. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as too honest. It's I just think, honest. Yeah, I think you're either honest. And your delivery is awful, uh-huh. or you're a liar, but you're real sweet. So, let's say I've had, let's say I had a past, right? Let's say I had a past. Let's say I was like, I I've like been through, a, like my body count was insane, right? Okay. Let's just say that, and then I say it to a new woman I'm seeing, but I say it a certain kind of way. To see what she's going to say. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I've never done that. But sometimes I think about that. Mm -hmm. Now, that could be toxic. Yeah, and I don't think that naturally shows you what could be be good for you or not. Because I think... Because if you... Like, value is... You're willing to uh, accept certain things if the thing if you find value in that, right? Exactly. So maybe on it on a if maybe if you put that information out there before they see who you are today, mm-hmm. just that information on its own isn't appealing, and then that 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 takes away from them being able to see who you are now. Okay, I got it. I I, I figure out what I'm trying to say. Okay, I think. You try to damn. I lost it. I think you try to. I, I I I have thought about again. I've never done this, but because I've seen a trend in dating where things always end up kind of situationally instead of intentionally. Uh-huh. I've often thought about well, what if I attempt a different entry point in the sabotage realm and then if she leaves i'm already like whew, okay does right. that make sense like you it anticipate does. you anticipate the fumble yeah but and then when it fumbles you're like you're kind of excited it's like once it's like when you call someone and then it goes to voicemail you're like oh I, i'm glad they didn't pick up yeah but you're you're going into a relationship already feeling like it's gonna fail yes but parts of you this is probably why some people need therapy Parts of you kind of wants it to fail. But then why do it in the first place? <sighs> Jaded trauma. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That person isn't ready for a relationship. There's a lot of people out there. You're right. That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of people out there that are like that, that aren't ready to be in a healthy relationship for whatever reason. Mm. For whether they're still trying to fill a void, still not over uh, past situations, past trauma, haven't developed them. Uh, in a way to be able to be like some people aren't willing to compromise they just feel like hey you have to adapt to me i'm not going to adapt to anybody to me i think there's a certain level of adapt like obviously you can't be extreme but there is a certain 80 20 my dad always used to tell me find somebody that's 80 percent everything that you want but you have to accept the 20 percent that isn't there because you're never going to find somebody that's 100 percent 
everything that you want, person. right? Mm. So there's some people that don't believe that, right? They want something that's exactly what they want. If it's not that, I'm not willing to give in anything more than the 100% that I'm looking for. But to go back to your point, actually this happened to me um, previously. There was this girl who was cool. She was attractive. We had great chemistry together. And the whole like too honest thing, she told me so much stuff on like a first date that got me to not want to have a second date with her. Damn. And um, and we did like, well, I, I tell you about we did have a second date, but in the span of those two dates, she gave me so much information that made me feel like I didn't want to pursue anything with sensory her. overload. And it's just like she gave too much, too much stuff before I had the time to understand her point of view. Hmm. And what I mean, so like what 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 it was was like on the first day she told me she gives her number out to every any guy that asks for it. Oh my gosh! And then she was like. I just don't feel like I want to get verbally abused by somebody if I tell them no. Um, and, and But I block their number if I don't want to talk to them. And then I was like, well, why don't you just give a fake number? She's like, they'll call it right in front of me and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, every single person? I'm like, all right. That was one. So that was just like a thing in it. And then like a, a couple of days later, she texts me. She's like, do you have a girlfriend? And mm-hmm. I was like, I, yeah. And I was like, no i told you what 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 i'm looking for like i'm looking to be in a relationship why would i have a girlfriend she she was like somebody texted some girl texted me uh in the morning telling me like why are you texting my boyfriend good morning and all this kind of stuff so in my head i'm like you're talking to a type of caliber of person that's like you're not on the same level like all of that and then like um and then Mm -hmm. i told her i was like look i don't really see us moving past just like the dating phase so i don't want to waste your time you know i think we should just probably go our separate ways and then she's like she's like okay i understand thank you for not leading me on and then she came back like in another conversation like could you just tell me why you felt that way because i thought you know i thought we were you know things were going really well and I, i laid this out for her and then she tried to explain it to me like why she did what she did and i was just like i'm like yeah that you know all of that stuff makes sense but for me i just can't go back in my head like i've already processed it like this so i don't know maybe that's a flaw in me but i just i do feel like sometimes you can be too honest if you're giving like before somebody could handle it you're giving all that information and maybe that goes back to yourself, this sabotage thing, like throw everything out there. And if they stick around, cool. If they don't, then maybe it wasn't for you. Maybe we saved a lot of time and I saved, uh, she saved a lot of energy wasting time with me because eventually it would have come to a point where I wouldn't agree with choices that she made or lifestyles or whatever. Um, the, the why are you texting my boyfriend part, right? Mm-hmm. She's obviously texting many men. Is that what you're saying? That's what I would assume from that. Oh, okay. okay. Her I, oh, her okay. thing was like she her thing was like my friend had a uh, changed her number and she was just playing a prank on me. Wow. And you're the only guy that I was really texting, so that's why I thought it was you. I was like, all right. Um. <laughs> okay. 
she's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so now that I've thought about it more, self sabotage, I think this is a good subject. I think it happens because because there's different voices in your head, and you might be able to um uh, you might be able to see my perspective. So I have a cousin who has very similar parents to mine. Mm-hmm. The only difference is they're a different religion, but they take their religion very seriously as well. Okay. Like your parents take yours. Exactly. And so she has managed to take her parents' voices out of her head and say, listen, I'm going to do whatever I want. And whether or not you guys agree with it, I don't care. I'm going to continue telling this story when we come back. Okay, so I'm back. Uh, So this cousin of mine, she's younger than me, and she's like a little bit of my hero. Because I've done a lot of backstepping from something that I legitimately like. Because I know that piece of the puzzle doesn't fit with this picture. Meaning your parents. Parents. Parents, 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 religion, and then some more parents. <laughs> and that has been something that has really dominated my life. To where there was a there were there there are more years that I thought nothing would work seriously. Then there are years that I said I would love to live a bountiful, meaningful life with someone. And I actually don't know how to get away. Even though I don't live with them, they don't live near me. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they want affects me heavily. So there are some, there has been, it hasn't been like the example, it hasn't been the example that I gave that I was like, oh, I got 95 bodies. Like I don't, but there has been certain levels of self-sabotage that I'm like, I might as well put the fire on this so that it burns, but at least I burned it and not the other way around. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you and me have similar upbringings like that where uh, clearly there's a pressure that our cultures and our families put on us when it comes to dating that can feel like a 300-pound weight on your shoulders when it comes to dating. Because it's like, I don't even want to try to like you because there's going to get a point where we have to have this conversation with my parents and Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't want to put you through that and I I don't even know if I want to have that conversation. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I've gotten to a point where now, like, I've had the conversation with my parents and I made the choice for myself that, like, I can't keep living for your guys' validation. And it has made it a lot easier for me to date and a lot easier for me to make choices and decisions in my life. Because at the end of the day, whether my parents are happy or not, uh, it makes no sense for my parents to be happy but me to be miserable because at the end of the day it's day after day i'm living through the situation whereas even if there's a little uncomfort with them the amount of time and the amount of uh i guess legitimate like 
uh, interaction that they have in my day-to-day life isn't big enough to warrant me making these huge life changes for something that will only come up on holidays or certain days. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the mentality that I've understood. And like I said, it could be age. It could be I haven't lived at home for decades at this time. It just uh, is what it is at that point for me. So maybe I'm more similar to your cousin at this point. Have you told your parents that? Yeah. What did they? What was their response? Did they take it seriously? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it came on the heels of like a very tough conversation that they were having with me, and uh, and then that kind of helped me make my choice. And then something else came up where they were criticizing me for something, and that's when I was like, "Look, you know, I can't continue to." For my mental health, this I think this is what I said. For my mental health, it doesn't make sense for me to continue to try to look for your guys' validation in the choices that I make, because at the end of the day, all I hear is criticisms. I never hear anything positive. So at the end of the day, like you guys are, you guys have a vision of me, a view of me, of who you think I am as a person. I don't agree with it, but I also don't want to spend the rest of my life trying to disprove you guys as wrong. So you guys could. View me however way you view me. I love you, and I will always, you know, do the things, do what I think is right by you guys. But needing your guys' validation for me to make choices and decisions in my life isn't something that I need anymore. All that to date, white women. I mean, black women. (laughs) 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 I feel like I've said that to a parent and it was like okay buddy good luck yeah well they still have a hold on you yeah for sure um which is a good thing it's not only a negative that that hold is it is a negative actually (laughs) it's a negative okay because it removes a lot of what could be meaningful sure and um, but that's it, not them. That's you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it, and and it's like, but I, I I always ask myself like, why? I don't see my <laughs> I don't see my parents. Right. You know. So it's like, why? What about satisfying what you think is supposed to be done? Is why is what makes me think that's right? Yeah. You know what? What? What about that? Is law? Because it's thirty years of believing that, and you've never tried. To I not think. Believe I think that. it's actually twenty years of believing that, and ten, eleven years of questioning that. Sure, but the questioning has never. Okay, so the, but in questioning it, you've never made the choice to try it a different way, and like legitimately, um, you've so, tried it, but yeah, internally. Yeah, yeah. Where you're just like, this is what I'm going to do. So this year was a, a an interesting year because something surprising happened. And I dated somebody who was, it's funny, 80% what they wanted mm-hmm. and 20% what they didn't want. But that 20% was like 60%. <laughs> For them. As far as the... The way they valued it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like like everything aligned except for these little things. Uh And normally 
I would just kind of hide that. Uh-huh. Hide the whole relationship. And just, if they ever ask, nope. But I decided to tell them this year. And their response was very different than I expected it to be. It, yes, at first it was... Harsh? Harsh. But then it was soft. And it was welcoming. Mm. And then it was harsh again. Oh. <laughs> this roller coaster's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um... But I never expected the welcoming part. Okay. And it makes me think of uh, members of my family who are like, you know, the black the black sheep mm-hmm. who like, I don't know, had a baby out of marriage, out of wedlock or whatever. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to talk about anybody in my family, but certain actions were taken mm-hmm. and people who are older than me still kind of have the same experience because there are members who let, let's just use the baby out of wedlock thing. Mm-hmm. Some people who are just like, I'm gonna have this baby and parents are like, you're going to get married to that person and go live a life. And they're like, no. And they're like 35 and their parents are like, we are your parents. We're telling you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no. And then there's others where they're like near 40 and their parents are like, you're going to get married and go live a life with this person and raise a child. And they said, okay, so I was, so I'm like, damn, they got all of us. <laughs> well, I think, I think it's a it's a very tough thing, like that only people that are raised in that type of environment can mm-hmm. understand. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I know a thousand percent what you're talking about. Unfortunately, in my family, I am the black sheep. <laughs> so maybe there's a then different. Then you should have liked coming to America too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think sometimes I think there's I think that sometimes like for me when I just accepted that that's the way they'll always see me, there was like a certain freedom in that. Yeah, and I think maybe you haven't gotten to that point. I'm not free. So there's a little, there's still that pressure because you can give them what they quote unquote want, regardless of if it's what you want or not. And I think at a certain point, it's just about making the choice. And like, it's easy for people to just be like, that don't understand it to look at it and be like, Kelby, you should, what, why, like, what does it matter? Do whatever makes you happy and all this kind of stuff when they don't realize that there's a part of you that making them happy does make you happy. Or mm. at least a, a point, a part of a part, like I'm sure in an ideal world, the woman that you fall in love with is exactly the type of woman that they want because that would make it the easiest for that, you, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Because there, there's importance to you to um, that they approve. That approval has value to you. Mm. And I think it's easy for people, especially like we've gone in previous episodes about the type of stuff that you know, your dad and mom look for more your dad than your mom. But mm-hmm. to many people, it would be extremely unreasonable mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a very, like, maybe 0.5% of the yeah. population that will fit. 0.05. Yeah. <laughs> so, but 
I understand the thought process of you still struggling with that because it's a it's a big leap for me too. It was a big leap to come to that understanding. Like I was pushed to the edge and strong on that edge for so long. The questioning that you talked about, mm. I was questioning that too. And it wasn't until it was finally like I just jumped off the cliff and said, "Dad, I don't care. She's black. I love her." <laughs> <laughs> and realized that the fall wasn't as hard as I thought it was. Well, to finish off, I'm glad you said that because to finish off the thought about the the family members that just like did what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Let's say there was a baby out of wedlock. Yes, there is a year of I don't approve of this. I don't like this. I'm not a fan of this. But then there's like a lifetime of, but we love you. And you're our kid. And your kid is welcome in this family. Right. Which is nice to see. Because I'm going to be a dad. Someday. (laughs) We thought we had breaking news. Maybe. <laughs> and um, how I decide to do it, of course, I, I like my personal goal is to have a baby after marriage. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Well, Your behaviors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I guess, like, you know, obviously you're, you're dating now. Have you been open to dating people that, clearly don't meet the expectations of what your parents are looking for well right 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 now is a is a is a complex time in my dating life mm-hmm. because I, I i can't um i can't i can't figure a lot of things out yes there's food on the table but why am i not eating Am I hungry? Yes. Why am I not eating? I can't quite piece that together. Maybe I just want dessert first. I don't know. Or maybe uh, you haven't quite figured out what meal you want. Yeah. And I, or, so, or maybe, yeah. Well, what I'm saying is like, I'm sure, like we can't just solely put it on your parents right there i'm sure like a hundred like a hundred percent of they want is a big chunk of what you would be looking for too yeah like there's certain things that you would maybe be open to that they're not open to but if you a a woman that's a hundred percent what they want is probably 80 percent of what you want and maybe there's that 20 percent that you might be open to that they're not open to and i'm just putting throwing numbers out there Mm. but like you haven't. You pr- probably haven't found somebody that's a hundred percent what you want yet, and maybe it's an easy excuse to be like, "Oh well, you know, there's this thing hanging over me that my parents and all that kind of stuff." But in reality, like I think that if there was a girl that was a hundred percent what you want, I'd fight for it, right? Yeah, I um I hear you, and I I I, I I'm not going to disagree with you. I think the parent thing is probably like the tenth thing that's on my mind. Okay. The 10th. I think the first thing is 
You know, I think that I'm so good at situations, situationships, that I think I'm trying to reroute my mind because the last thing I want to do is hurt somebody. And situationships don't just open a window to pain. Mm -hmm. They open up every door in the house. And I've been on the on that side on that end of like feeling like mm, this was supposed to be sturdy ground in which I stand on, and yet it shakes. So I I I, I like don't want to hurt anybody. But you're not in control of that. I understand that. I I, I understand. I I'm like not. I I I, I can't control who gets traumatized. But I th- I think I just need rerouting. Like I think I honestly just need to think. Okay, what steps do I need to take to take this thing to the next level? And and but before I before I do that, why is it that I'm so scared to do it, or why is it that it's not resonating in me to do so? Like what what's the what's problem? Your fear? Yeah, what's what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Um, because I've never quite been in this position. Now I will say this: I've always been a slow mover. Like I will ponder on dating somebody for like nine months or a year mm-hmm. before I'm like, okay, let's take this to the next situation. Cause I'm, I'm like, I need to see what you look like when the toilet's clogged. I need to figure right. out what you do when the Wi-Fi doesn't work, like all that. But this doesn't feel like me doing lab research anymore. It feels like you're just conditioned to so, not, so, yeah. not connect. Yeah. Like, I've been there, yeah, bro. Yeah. I know it's, exactly. It's, a, man, what, it's what like messed up in the head. Well, I think that you've had so many years of not being able to connect for because you were like one career, you're very career minded, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, you're very focused on what you needed to accomplish ahead of time. A portion of it is probably the fact that you've had a low self-esteem about yourself back when you weren't getting the girls that you wanted and all that kind of stuff so you admitted that there was you never thought that there was a possibility of it Mm -hmm. that's something that needs to shake and i think at the end of the day like there's a part of you that doesn't want to be hurt and a lot of the things that maybe you're saying that you don't want to happen to you you don't want to be that for other people you're afraid of making yourself vulnerable so that that could happen to you and I think that that is a barrier that a lot of people um, go through consciously or subconsciously that makes it hard to be in something because, you know, if you look at, you know, profiles, a lot of women are put on there, I need somebody that's emotionally available. I need somebody that's emotionally available. I need somebody that's emotionally available. Why is that something that's written on every single profile? Because you run into so many people that are not emotionally available. And I I think that that's just the fear of getting hurt makes you not even open up to the point that anything could work. Have you ever been in a relationship where the other person is not op- is not emotionally available and you are, mm-hmm. but then it doesn't work, and then almost instantly afterwards, you are now not emotionally available because you poured into this person that was not ready for you, and they shunned you away. So then I guess it you got your ego but got punched in the face. So now it's still on the ground trying to recuperate. I have been in that, but I looked at dating different then, 
And what I mean by that is I realized that it wasn't about protecting myself. It was about getting really good at the skill of getting over things. You've spoken about this before. Yeah, I have. <laughs> and I think people look at it like you're cold and you, you don't care and you don't love. But I'm like, no, I just view it in a different way. My job isn't to make it harder to love me or to love somebody else. My job is to understand when things aren't going to work out or, or things are done, not to need the closure, not to keep it lingering, not to close off myself and traumatize myself and all that kind of stuff. Just understand that I gave it my 100%. And if my 100% isn't good enough to make this work, that doesn't mean that my 100% isn't good enough. It just means my 100% isn't good isn't for this person. And and what and I remember seeing this on Instagram or something where somebody says is you'll never be good enough for the wrong person. Hmm. And I think a lot of people get caught up in feeling like they're not good enough and blaming themselves versus realizing that maybe this just wasn't the right person. So no matter what I do, it's not going to be, it's not going to work out. But I, I can't make, um, an, I can't make, I can't analyze whether I'm good enough or not based off of somebody that it would have never worked out with in the first place. Do you think that I feel this way because I'm still stuck on the past? I think that how, um, how much pushback you had on my conversation about getting over somebody quickly, you still find validation in pain. Like you feel like you can't truly have loved someone unless if it didn't work out that there's some kind of struggle, pain, hurt, all that kind of stuff. And so if you find value in that, you will continue to stay in that to stay connected to something that you thought was the one. So moving on and being happy with someone else is you telling yourself that that thing didn't matter. I mean, ultimately, in the grander scheme of things, those things didn't matter for what I thought they would matter. Mm-hmm. They all matter. They all um, are the bricks in your house that build your house but i'll say there are two two incidents where a situationship and a relationship ended where i thought i was going to be really shook up Mm -hmm. then i woke up and went to work yeah and ate a snicker bar and went to the gym and it was fine but then it's the ones that catch you off guard mm-hmm. where you it's like there is that one last web that just doesn't want to detach. It's because you still need closure and you need to understand that there's no such thing. Mm. Closure is just something's done. Let's see. But for some reason, and I've been there, that's the only reason why I could speak on it is like, you want to know why it didn't work out. What could I have done better? Like, um, you know, but what did you mean when you said this? And, you know, like, well, what could, what, what, why didn't you feel like I was like this? And all these questions that the reality is that it doesn't matter. 
because at the end of the day, if you have the mindset is you'll never be good enough for the wrong person. If it doesn't work out, that's the wrong person. So getting the answers for why it would have worked out for that person doesn't exist. It's just over. Hold on. Hold on. That kind of makes it seem like issues can never be resolved. No, it's about understanding yourself versus needing to understand external. What I mean by that is, so the way that I approach relationships right now is I know what's morally right. I know what's morally wrong. I need to do things with the right intentions on my moral compass and give 100% of myself. If it doesn't work out and I completely feel like I've given 100% and tried my best with the right intentions and all that kind of stuff, I have nothing to regret. I have nothing to, uh, I, I have nothing else to give. So if it doesn't work out and, and this isn't enough for you, I will never be enough. There's nothing with more therapy, with trying to figure out how to make it work, not just quitting, not quitting, like, like giving it your all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I'm just saying like, and so when something ends because she doesn't want to be with me or, you know, I don't want to be with her anymore, all that kind of stuff. I don't feel the guilt or responsibility or the need to stay connected to it any longer than it is just move on to the next one i know that there's more fish in the sea i know that god wants me to have a happy fulfilled life and if that means being with somebody i will be with somebody if it means not then i won't either way i'm okay because you either pray or worry you can't do both either pray or worry Because if you worry, then you don't really trust God. What's the point of praying? Don't you pray because you're worried? No, you pray because you you pray. I, pre, I pray to God to give me certain things in my life. And my job is to be valuable of those things. So if I don't have them, it's because I'm not valuable enough. Why am I worried about that? I need to put in work. I mean, that opens up a whole other conversation, but we don't have the time for that today. But what I will say, I don't pray for things anymore. Mm. I actually just pray for tools. Whatever you throw in my direction, just give me the tools to know how to deal with it. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that's valuable too. like give you the tools. I think those are a lot of what my prayers are too. give me the wisdom to be deserving of this give me the wisdom to you know be able to accomplish this um give me signs as to if i'm doing the right things wrong things but what i'm saying is if i'm praying to god and i trust that god is going to give me everything i'm deserving of if it's not in my life that means i'm not deserving of it yet so i worry about it so you ain't got one x that you like man if i could just no not anymore and this is something very recent. We're talking within the last year, two years, that I've started coming to these this understanding. But, um, but yeah, like I literally, I literally, um, if things don't work out, I'm cool. You won't get sad. I mean, there's obviously sadness, but it's not lingering. 
it's sadness and then I put it in perspective and I'm not sad anymore. We don't talk small about this <laughs> at another time. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like for the algorithm. Leave us a comment just because. And uh, it helps us appear more on the YouTube, like for you page or whatever. And uh, the recommended page. And if you're listening to this, leave us a great review on a audio stream platform. So if you're listening to this on Spotify, Google, um, Apple, leave us a really great review. Say you love this podcast. Give us a five star review or a 10 star, whatever it is. And just say it's the best podcast you ever listened to. Uh, if you have any thoughts, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, we're on uh, MOI Moi podcast. And with that being said, that's our episode.